Time to quantum leap into the age of divine enlightenment and let Kathy provide you with the tools of knowledge you need to awaken spiritually. That's the Quantum Leap Show. Let light unite every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Revolution Radio Studio B. Enter into a world unseen on Raven Star's Witching Hour. You will encounter eclectic topics from the realm of spirit brought into our matrix of truth. With your host, the Solaris Blue Raven. Solaris will bring you an array of unique guests covering topics from ghostly spirits to amazing anomalies, covert technology, UFOs, and shadowy global events. And that's right here at Revolution Radio FreedomSlips.com, Saturdays, midnight till 2 a.m. Eastern Time. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Let the magic rise. <laughs> The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Welcome back, everyone, to another adventure into reality. I am joined once again by Kathy Ma, back in the United States from her adventure abroad to Hong Kong. Welcome, Kathy. How are you doing today? It's great to be here. Really great to be back. Uh, I'm doing well, suffering a little bit with the chilly weather, but apart from that, good. <laughs> Very, very good. So as people know, for the last month, Kathy has been in Hong Kong doing some amazing work over there. And one of the special things she's been doing is putting together a very special interview with a, a very special person that is a master in feng shui. Yes, that's completely right. It was a very exciting time. I managed to convince Master Look to come and do some education and some highlights and some little smattering of knowledge all about feng shui and the person, their environment, um, understanding what it's all about and of course what it's like being in Asia doing feng shui. So that was very, very exciting and so wonderful that he had the time to actually spare to do these interviews with us. And as I know, you've been friends with him and shared an office back in the old days, so you, you know him very, very well. Oh, yes. I've known him probably, ooh, I'm going to say 20 years, but let's pretend it's only 10. Okay. <laughs> I need to restart the call, guys. Okay. Okay. Okay, we'll restart the call. Hello, hello, okay. hello. Okay. And we are back. Sorry about that technical gremlin that was there. Kathy, mm -hmm. what you were saying about Master Look. Um, yes, well, yeah, we have probably known each other 20-odd years. I was just uh, being frivolous and saying maybe it's only 10 because I don't want to admit my age. <laughs> 
but uh, okay, let's say 20 odd years. And um, yeah, I did meet him a long time ago and we shared an office for quite a few years and we actually also had a crystal shop together. So we've been uh, kicking about together for a long time in the old days. He's very, very interesting. He um, taught me a lot about feng shui uh, in those times because obviously if you share an office, you've got a lot of time to talk here and there. And some of the stuff he used to try and teach me was just so insanely hard. <laughs> the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. But awesome, all the same. Um, but in his interviews, he's managed to simplify everything so much. So it's so easy to understand. It's just great. Very, very, very good. There we go. Hey. Yeah, something's going on, and it's every time I pick up a call, it's going on hold. Hmm, yeah. I don't understand. So for everyone that's out there, please stop calling in for just a minute. I know there's a whole bunch of people that want to call in. So, all right, so the studio is back. Kathy is back. Laura's here. And remind everyone, if you are trying to call in, please hold on to your calls for the first half hour. You're not taking calls until after the first half hour. So, Kathy, what were some of your other great adventures into Hong Kong? Oh, well, there were so many. Um, I went into China. Uh, a couple of times, which was amazing. Uh, you know, sometimes you forget that other countries are still not so advanced and just to see, you know, people around you, the way they live their lives, uh, what they do to survive is just amazing. Um, even though China is such a powerful country, a lot of the inhabitants in there are just, you know, really struggling with everyday life the same as here in the US and just to see how they all pitch together and how they're handling the recession it was really heartwarming to see that sort of team spirit within all the people to be cheerful and upbeat about the fact that you know the, it, the next meal is hard to imagine sometimes yeah. And in one scenario, you ran into a lady that was doing foot scraping and was afraid of what the government might say about it, about her doing an interview about foot scraping. Yes, that is so true. I tried to talk to a couple of uh, little experts over there. And, you know, it's, it's just very tough for them because as much as they want to do it, the fact that it's going to go on air uh, scares them because they don't want to get in trouble with the government. Obviously, there is nothing that we're going to be talking about because it's not political or, or foot uh, religious. Yes, but the you know the ingrained fear of doing something is quite powerful and very difficult to overcome. Um, possibly, my next trip there, they will be more amenable to <laughs> adapting to the idea. Um, but it was it was uh, surprising because I'd, I'd known a lot of these people quite a long time. They're experts in their field. It hadn't really occurred to me that even today that people are still worried about things like that. Yeah, in this modern world, still simple fears like that exist. Yeah, and it, you know it all brings it very, very much close to home because you think, I mean, that these are you know educated uh, business people as well and. You know, they've been doing what they do for years, but to think that they're a little frightened to even talk about what they want, you know, they're doing, it was just mind-boggling. And, you know, being in Hong Kong, you don't encounter that at all. But in China, I mean, while I was there, there, there was this big thing going on because there had been 
uh, five people had mysteriously disappeared. Um, and they actually ran, uh, there were shareholders, owners and managers inside a bookshop in Hong Kong. And th th what had happened or what had apparently happened, because um, the bookshop, I should mention, is a bit political bookshop. And a lot of the books and magazines that, uh, or newspapers that they sell there are considered, uh, what is the word, rebellious in China. So it's a bit banned. That's right band uh, works. So anyway, all these people go mysteriously missing one after another from different countries as well, not just Hong Kong, because some of them were traveling. And one of them has been, um, I don't know if found is the right word, but rediscovered in China because uh, his wife got a phone call. And this is all in the news as well in Hong Kong, so it's not a secret. Um, and he he got so his wife got a phone call saying that he's in China and, and that he's safe and that was it so then she went to the Hong Kong police to say oh you know he called and said he was he was in China but it makes no sense because his passport and his uh, China entry card are here so anyway about I think five days later she then gets a call from the police in China saying that her husband is helping with inquiries <laughs> because he, they claim that he, um, what's the word, uh, stole into China, uh, not stole, uh, secretly entered China without, all, you know, his proper documentation and was caught in a house of ill repute with a lady and has been arrested for it <laughs> and is now helping with inquiries, <laughs> you know, and everyone in Hong Kong's like, how stupid do you think we are? <laughs> exactly. It's like we're not buying the propaganda line. We've heard it before. I know. I mean, that's the best story you could come up with. <laughs> why, why would you want to steal across the border into China when you can just walk through with your identification? <laughs> exactly. So somehow he's mysteriously disappeared and reappeared in China and is helping police with inquiries and just by coincidence he happens to own a politi politically sensitive bookshop. <laughs> so they're having their own issues over there too. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure, you know, the, the people that I encountered when they said they're a bit fearful, I, I can actually see that that might not be so ridiculous. <laughs> So we do live it. We do live here in America, where where our our freedoms are are more of a solid illusion than a full illusion. <laughs> because we honestly can't truly say what we think here; otherwise, we wouldn't be on the air. Mm, mm. And, that, and that's the unfortunate truth about where we, where we live in the world now. Whether it's Hong Kong or China, if people were speaking their truth every day, we wouldn't have a news industry, an actual industry, existing the way it is. Mm. That, that's so true. Um, and, you know, even in Hong Kong, when I was watching the news over there, I mean, the, the reporting that they do on U.S. is just so basic. It's incredible that with all this stuff going on at the moment, you know, with all the pre-election, I mean, over, over in Asia, you really hear nothing about it. That their biggest question over there is, will Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump be president? And that's kind of it. That's kind of it. Yeah, they just really don't know anything else. <laughs> well, they're not allowed to say anything else. Well, yes. I mean, it's not reported. 
Right. Just yeah. like just like here, the truth isn't reported either. It's it's just a different form of state television. Mm. Oh, I hadn't realized that so much. Oh. Well, if you're going to control information, it's got to be controlled worldwide. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the logical place to start in the media, isn't it? Yeah, that is the place to start. It's where all belief systems are grown. Mm. So back to Master Luck. What what were some of the, the fun things, the little stories you got to share with him? Because as I understand, you recorded nearly five hours of material that we're going to be putting together for a very special Feng Shui show. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. It's so much info. Let me think. Um, the interesting things are he actually goes through the basic uh, ways to calculate um, the uh, placement in your house, the grids for the year, and also how to calculate your own element and what elements are good for you and bad for you. Because, of course, reading about all this stuff, I mean, the topics are so huge, but he's given a very simple way to cut it down so that you, you know, the everyday listener, can just sit down there with a little piece of paper and calculate it in 10 minutes yourself and then refer to it rather than, you know, find all this information and then not sure how it applies to you. So that was a really great thing. Um, And he also talked a little bit about... um, numbers uh, in terms of what they mean for uh, the Asian perspective and how they influence you on everyday life and that was very very interesting Uh, very similar to the numerology I guess that that everyone knows here but it's just a a completely different kind of way to look at it in many ways so that was very very interesting and feng shui in general is a life, a way to live life. Something is meant in a position for feng shui purposes or not. So it's a, a kind of a, a pathway to living. Yes, it's, it's a, a way, I mean, a way of life or I wouldn't say a formula, but it's like a way of life that teaches you that you can um, change your environment to enhance certain things that you want to aspire to or have in your life. For example, if you wanted to, you know, uh, if you have a child in the home and you want them to do well at school, so you're talking about someone doing well for academia, maybe getting prizes or good grades, then you would do certain placements in the house for, uh, which would change every year because every year the, the let's call it the grids change, uh, a bit like, I guess, the stars changing. Um, and, you know, what you can do to help uh, foster that environment of the child being able to study, doing well in school, um, which to me was very practical advice for many people because even though that you want this doesn't mean that you know how to achieve it beyond tutoring your child t- to understand that you could put something in a certain corner in your house that year that would actually enhance that would be just awesome, right? Exactly, just absolutely awesome. Mm. And, and some of some of the, the the placements are objects inside the door or, or inside the house or just outside the house. It's how the energy comes to the process. Correct, very very correct. And you know, also to to look at at uh, feng shui, which has been around, let's say five thousand years or plus. I mean, who documents in those days? But it's it's based in a lot of tradition and not a lot of written down stuff but if you look over through the years and the eras you can see that a lot of it is very scientific in its base but you have to look back through history to see how that has been so 
um, and the way that they've incorporated some of the more Western ideas into things. For example, he's, he talks about the use of crystals when it came in and um, started becoming more popular uh, or accepted, I should say, in Asia or in Hong Kong specifically, and how he's used that to incorporate and how you can use crystals with feng shui. I mean, that was very interesting because these are things that even if you read a book, you might not learn. Yeah, even if you don't have a book. So as I understand, we've talked about mirrors many times, but but Master Luck had some some interesting stuff to tell us about mirrors and the placement of your trash can. <laughs> yes. I know. I mean, I, when he when he talked about the trash can, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I'm definitely moving my trash can in my kitchen now. <laughs> But he also talks a lot about mirrors and the reason behind uh, where you would put a mirror and where you wouldn't put a mirror and uh, the theory behind it all. So that was very, very interesting. And especially the use of special uh, feng shui mirrors, why you would place them and where not to put them, which is actually a very important point he kept stressing was, you know, if you don't really know what you're doing with it, don't do it because you can harm someone else. And and not only harm someone else, you can start an energetic war with someone else. <laughs> that was very, uh, what did I say, important information. <laughs> yes, know. very, very important information. So people that are interested in the feng shui concepts, uh, stay tuned to galactichistorian.com. And then you guys will get a, a video that we're going to be putting out shortly, as well as uh, some other parts of the interviews that will really, really show people how feng shui way as a life process works and about how it functions because feng shui is spiritual hygiene the stuff that both kathy and i talk about all the time into a more meta-scientific process of daily living mm. yes that's an excellent way to put it so kathy what what else would you like to share with us from hong kong any any interesting stories anything funny about the traffic well you know, honestly, the traffic was a bit chaotic. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There was some moments where you just could not move. And one day we were just stuck in a cab for absolutely ages because there was a demonstration going on. And once there's a demonstration in Hong Kong, everything just shuts down. The police are out. No one moves anywhere. And this has been happening probably more and more the last few years that pretty much every weekend, well, not every weekend, but often on weekends, they now have demonstrations where it just shuts down all the center parts of um, Hong Kong. So as people that want to get around, it becomes very, very difficult. But the, I guess people are expressing their freedom and their uh, new uh, found uh, right to speech. <laughs> Uh, but it's very in inconvenient for many people. <laughs> so they're demonstrating about everything and anything under the sun, and they're using their weekends to occupy city spaces? Pretty much, mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, demonstrations are relatively new in Hong Kong. Like, prior to 97, there was really no such thing. Um, but since then, and we're now um, under, you know, one nation, two systems, um, because even though Hong Kong has been given back to China, it supposedly runs under a different system to China, which is why it is now classified as a special economic zone. 
So even people from China can't just willy-nilly go into Hong Kong. They have to get special visas to go in. Mm-hmm. So Hong Kong is starting to enjoy things like democracy and the freedom of speech. And it's, you know, all very new and people get very, very excited about it and um, pretty much like to demonstrate about a lot of stuff these days. But, of course, most people work, so it's difficult to have a demonstration on a weekday. <laughs> Whereas Sunday is an obvious choice for most people who are not working. <laughs> right. But at least, you know, there's two ways to look at it, right? One way is like it's great that they can have this freedom and express whatever it is they want. But the other is like, you know, you're really halting everyone just to, uh, you know, get your point across, which in many ways doesn't endear the cause to a lot of people in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So, well, what, I, sorry, go on. What, ki- what kind of demonstrations did you see when you got blocked by them? Was it just people As, with signs or what? You know, we never even got that far because we had to get diverted. So <clears throat> we were probably... 10 blocks from it, and you could see people with banners, but you couldn't see what the banner said. It was too far. Too far away, yeah. They were blocking it off that far because it was blocking traffic up that much. Yeah. Um, And, you know, each weekend is not necessarily specific to one cause, so there can be a couple of causes that they're, um, well, what is the word, Uh, talking about. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) But um, it's nowhere near like it was last year where it had the sit-ins because um, that just ground everything to a halt. And since then, Hong Kong has really suffered. Well, during that time, Hong Kong suffered so much because a big part of income these days is becoming from tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only did Hong Kong get affected by the, the people not wanting to come, but also China because they came through Hong Kong to get to China. So... Both Hong Kong and China still have not recovered from all those sit-ins because people are not choosing it as their number one destination for a holiday now. So you're talking about March and April and May last year where the students were sitting in on public office buildings? Correct. Yeah, yeah. and stop trying to stop business and then a whole bunch of businesses just let their people go on a Friday to go and be a part of the revolution? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. You know, the, the fallout from that is just awful because so many businesses have just gone up belly up because they didn't have any business for so long. And then even when all this is finished, all the mayhem left behind and the lack of people coming now is just they can't end in the recession. I mean, it's just all one after another. So many shops and chains are closing down. It's really sad to see, actually. And that's the, 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 the sadder side of revolution. For a revolution to take place, it must infringe on some form of capitalism. Mm, mm. Yeah, and yeah, well, oh. <laughs> it, it's it's sad to see because you know a, a big portion of these people that did the sit-in rely on their parents to pay for stuff, who rely on industry. So <laughs> it's it's not like no one was affected in the end because now it's gone all the way down the line and everyone is suffering yeah and that's that's just the the times that we live in where the system has gotten so passively intertwined with us that even something as a small little sit-in even at the larger scale inside china actually has global implications yes it certainly does because 
not only is that affected, but then you're looking at the import-export trade is obviously infected, sorry, affected as well because of it. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a huge vicious cycle where it's going to affect every country as we go along because people that you might have imported from are now going out of business. So the Ramami is down. But it doesn't mean that things are getting cheaper over in China. It means they have to raise the price because the dollar is down. So it becomes more expensive for people over here. <laughs> and it just uh, becomes a vicious cycle, never ending. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's very weird to you know, be living in a time when this is happening. All right, Kathy, that is our music. Uh, everyone, hold on. And when we come back... We are going to be giving a new telephone number so that can people can call on. Do not call in until I've given you the new phone number. All right, everyone, we'll be right back. Seeds. 25 years in the freezer. Long term storable, 54 different varieties. So if food prices go crazy, the shit hits the fan, or if you just want to save tons of money every year by creating your own food like I do, grab our seed pack special. Just look for the banner on the homepage at freedomslips.com. Don't be a statistic. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. We need as humans to start taking care of ourselves and not depending on the megacorps to provide unhealthy, nasty food. Included in this package is also a DVD with 900 survival and off-grid living documents and the offline home canning how to do everything website all on the DVD. So when you're growing all that food, you know how to can it, store it, preserve it, etc. with all these documents. So thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at freedomsubs.com. I hope that you will pick up this package and start learning to be free. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps and freedom is one seed that needs to be planted.
the opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. And welcome back, everyone, to the second segment in Adventures into Reality. I am joined by my intrepid world-traveling co-host, Kathy Ma. Great to be back. So good. So good. I can't even express how exciting it is to be back. I'm really looking forward to the calls today. Yes. So to remind everyone, this is Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, a totally non-corporate entity that is totally supporting itself. So please stop on by that site support button and be a part of the those that are donating to keep the station going. All right, so people that are going to want to call in, we have a new phone number. This new phone number is a temporary number. While and I think we're back. <laughs> back again. So, Laura Lee Solom is our new intrepid producer uh, handling the gremlins out there. So, the new phone number is 956-217-0261. Once again, the new call-in number for today, 956-217-0261. Please mute when you call, and if you are a person that called in the, in the last week, please give somebody else a chance. We have a tremendous amount of people calling at once, and sometimes it screws up the phone lines. So once again, 956-217-0261. It's going to be one of those days with technology, it isn't it? one of those days where Skype is going to proverbially block. <laughs> So we will have to continue our conversation, Miss Intrepid Traveler. Ooh. <laughs> well, you know, the big thing, of course, over in Asia is that Chinese New Year is coming up. So that starts on February 8th. So the end of the year of the goat or the ram will then happen, and the new year of year of the monkey will start. Year of the monkey. And we just finished, what, year of the ram? Yes. Yes. So what what does Year of the Monkey signify? Well, Year of the Monkey is a challenging year for many people, but it's literally like a monkey. If you have the power to harness it, you can do great things. But harnessing the monkey is not easy and not for everyone. Um, Some people are better off just keeping their head down, while others, it's a great time to strive for opportunity. The Year of the Monkey is also one of those years where a lot of mayhem happens. So you you expect things like um, can't find your keys, uh, you know, that important paperwork that you had to file mysteriously, you know, turns up in another room. Um, you'll get pulled over for speeding, all of these range of crazy things that, you know, you just wouldn't believe what happened to me today type of things. You can expect them this year. 
Exactly. So the year of the ram, what, what, what was that an expression? What are we coming out to? I know you just explained. Hello. I think we're back. <laughs> but but the phones are not working properly, and it probably has to do with, uh, with this getting changed over. Yeah, the Skype update or whatever is going on. Oh, yes, I saw that today. Yeah. So there must be something going on. All right, everyone, so we are having technical Skype glitchy issues and stuff. So we are going to have to not take calls today because every time somebody calls, it puts the whole station on hold. How unhelpful. <laughs> exactly. So, Kathleen, let's talk about Year of the Monkey. <laughs> yes, let's talk about Year of the Monkey. <laughs> well, the Year of the Monkey, I mean, the people that fare well are going to be year, born in Year of the Rat or Dragon. They'll do the best. Um, and if you don't know if you're uh, what what horoscope you are in Chinese horoscope, just look it up on the internet because a lot of them, if you type in Chinese horoscope zodiac years, they'll tell you what years you're born in and what year, you, I mean, sorry, they'll tell you what Chinese horoscope for which years that you're born in. But the way they calculate it is before pretty much the Chinese New Year till the next Chinese New Year. So if you were born on January 1st, for example, it wouldn't necessarily be the same year, uh, Chinese horoscope, that you would be uh, born under. You would have to go by the uh, lunar calendar, which is the goes according to the Chinese New Year. So you really do have to look it up on the internet, um, or if you have a book, um, to find out which year you belong to. If you especially if you're born in January or February, because it can change a lot year to year. Um, so, yeah, the, the rat and the dragon will fare a lot better than most people. Um, and the big conflict here is going to be the monkey year itself or a tiger year. And for those kind of signs, if you're born under them, you really have to you deep, dig deep within those recesses of yourself to find that strength. You need to be very grounded, very focused, um, definitely focus on your spiritual hygiene because when you can get that intense grounding, you can harness the year. But if you're ungrounded or, you know, you haven't been doing your cleansing, you will find that it's going to be much, much tougher for you. Much tougher for you. And this is something that I've been saying for, for a lot of people that if you aren't aware of some of the how the energies are working around you, life can get tough very, very fast. Yes, yes. And, you know, you were so right when you were talking about um, last year, uh, you said in December, what was it, the 20, 21st or the 23rd? Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable the amount of chaos I saw in those few days. Um, hearing about the chaos that was happening in U.S., just in pe pe people's personal lives and over in Asia, it was amazing. And during that time, my hubby's flight also had problems and he was delayed a, a day to fly. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Should have got him to book on the earlier days. <laughs> like, it, it was eerily like, oh. <laughs> but certainly it was a very chaotic time. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people here felt that as well. But the minute that time finished, it was like cruisy. 
Yeah, the, it was a, suddenly we could digest our food once again. Suddenly we could move again. And for those that had done the spiritual hygiene work, it wasn't as rough. Mm, I'm sure. I'm sure. So let's dive into Year of the Monkeys. So who works well with monkeys and who doesn't? Well, the people that will work best um, come from what they call a affinity triangle. So the monkey, the rat, and the dragon are all best buddies. So if you were a rat, I mean, if you are a rat or a dragon, you will fare particularly well um, this year. You just have to go out there, just pursue whatever it is that you want, and you should be able to achieve it. Should be able to achieve it. And that's when you're working with the energies that are similar type to you. Yes. And it's almost like uh, like a, a jigsaw puzzle. You know, when you've got the right pieces, they fit in well together. That's kind of like how an affinity triangle works. Those pieces of the jigsaw just fit into place. All you have to do is pick up the piece, go there and put it in, and then you're done. But you have to pick up that piece first and go and put it in. You can't just sit back. <laughs> you just can't sit back and will it in place. No, no. Looking at the boxes, no good. <laughs> so it's a great time of year to start thinking about what it is that you want to achieve, whether it's um, abundance in, in prosperity, a new job, um, kid changing school, whatever it is. You have to really... Think about what it is that you want and what you're going to do to achieve it. Write down a plan of your actions and then follow through. Um, because this year of the monkey also is a big year about follow through because the monkey year distracts you so much. So, for example, maybe I've got a list of, you know, these eight things I need to do to be able to get my new carpet installed. But I must follow these eight things in my time span. Let's say it's three months. I must do this. I must save this much. I must, you know, whatever it is, find the right carpet, color. Um, but a typical monkey year, what would happen is like I would be saving my money. I'm near my goal and oops, suddenly uh, I need to, my, you know, my child wants money for a new Game Boy or um, this. And, oh, this one requires more money. So you get distracted from your original goal. So you have to refocus and think, no, they, you know, for example, they don't need a new Game Boy. They have a, you know, a perfectly good one or I'll get one on Craigslist. <laughs> you know, anything that can be thrown in your way to distract you from what you're doing will be thrown in your way. So it's a question of you not being thrown by it and think, no, wait, these are my goals. How am I going to achieve them? I've got all this other stuff distracting me. I can deal with it in a different way and then go back to my goals. And then go so, back to your goals so, so that the monkey who, sees, who sees the shiny can understand that my bigger shiny goal is this. Yes, exactly. Because anything that distracts you is not of, you know, earth-shattering importance. But a lot of things will happen to distract you, to get you to stop doing whatever it is that you want to do because they want to play with you. So it's like a, you. Yeah, it's like a little cheeky energy wanting to play with you and just mess with you, poke you around a bit. So it's a question of saying, I don't think so. Grounding. <laughs> exactly. Grounding, solidifying, keeping my functionary goals. Exactly. So year, the year of the monkey officially begins, what, February 8th? Correct. Yeah. 
so it's a very exciting time. So over in Asia, the, on that e, uh, so it's not Christmas, New Year's Eve, but so it's it's the night before. Often we call it Linyagao. Uh, you have the dinner with your family, and you know in the old days they would have dinner all night and play mahjong. And mahjong is a, it's like a, a, a it's similar to a card game, but you use tiles. Um, to, like to play tiles. instead, yes, like dominoes, and when you um, mix up the tiles, it's very, very noisy. So often people get very upset if you play mahjong in apartments because people next to you can't sleep because <laughs> of all this noise. But uh, in the old days, they apparently believed that you need to do that because it it's uh, all that noise just gets rid of all the bad energies of that ending year and welcomes in the new. So it's a bit like firecrackers, you know. Um, you know, believe it or not, but that that's what I'd say half the people of the older generation still believe. Um, you know, honestly, I'd probably say it's an excuse to have an all-night drinking session and play games. But, <laughs> you know, the, the theory is the same. Um, and then the next day, which is uh, Chinese New Year, and we call that Choyat. Um, so it's the first day, you will visit your immediate family, everyone who is older. So, for example, if you have five brothers in your uh, immediate family, everyone would go to the eldest brother's house and visit each other and catch up there. And at that time, they would exchange lacy packets, which is little red packets uh, with money in them. And you give that to all the kids that are there. Anyone who is not married gets a red packet off everyone that is married, plus your parents. So it's a very expensive time to be a parent. <laughs> so these red packets are also given to, to people in business too, right? Yes. Uh, we call it a hoigong laisi, which is a start work laisi packet. It's, and all the packets are for luck. So it doesn't really matter how much money you put in the packet. It's it's the energy that you're giving someone. So by having a start work Lysi packet, it means that you'll have a prosperous year, a more harmonious year. If you don't get a red packet, then you know that this is not a very good job and people don't respect you. I mean, this is in Asia, obviously. <laughs> um, not, not everywhere in the world. But if you... If you were to have an Asian boss who did not give you a Hoikong Laisi, then you would take that as a very bad sign. Shows you how different our culture is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this you know, money is meant to, to better yourself as well as for you to go out and be social. Yes, it's uh, what we probably call lucky money. Mm -hmm. So you go out and you might buy new clothes or you, if you're saving, especially if you're a young couple, you'll be saving so you can buy something in your home. Um, and of, especially with younger kids, they don't have much money. So it's a way of the family contributing to give them some extra pocket money to do whatever it is that they wanted to do. And with work, it's because if you are the boss, you will give it to the people that work for you. So same principle. If you were the boss, you would have more money. So you would be helping your employees by giving them some lucky money. It'd be interesting if we could have lucky money here in the United States. I think it's a, it's a great thing to do. And, you know, it can just be a dollar. It doesn't have to be a, a, a huge amount. Right. It's the gesture and the energy that comes with it that is the important thing. I mean, obviously, the kids are very excited because it's actually money. But then they uh, 
often the parents will take it off them and put it in the bank for them. (laughs) And and this lucky money is very similar to a European tradition called Boxing Day, where they put things in a box for the different people that worked in the family. Oh, is that what that Boxing Day means? Yes, that's where the people that are employing anything from nannies to car attendants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, gas attendants, uh, trash people, so on and so forth. We do have a, a concept here where once a year many people go out and they give your mailman or your, your or a tip or beer for the trash guys, et cetera, et cetera. And it's called Boxing Day or Boxer Day or Boxing Day, something like that. Is it the day out. after Christmas? Yeah, the day after Christmas. Yeah. Because yeah, I noticed on the calendar here, they don't have it as a public holiday, which surprised me. Yeah, because it's a, it's a European tradition that really melded with many of the Asian traditions when it was, you know, Britain was an empire then, taking over colonies all over. Oh, well, that makes total sense. Yeah, just sees how culture imprints, and then cultures adapt to what's going on around them. And we as a people are at that state where we need to adapt with the cultures around us. United States is a melting pot of every culture and every expression from every part of the world. And we just need to come to a better understanding of how we all can live together with a common moral code of do no harm to anyone. Constantly assist people that are, that are in a place where they're, they're lost and you know, giving a, a helping hand when it's needed or you're doing the old system of paying it forward. Mm. Well, I mean, it, that's one thing I have noticed here is that you're right. It's like a melting pot of so many cultures and different races here. I mean, it's very unique and really great to see. I hadn't expected to see so many different races and cultures here. I thought it'd be a lot more sort of uh, white Western American rather than like so many was- people from Europe and Asia like it Sorry? was promoted to you on television. You grew up in Australia and lived a long time in Hong Kong, so it's not yeah. like you have been around the world. No, no, exactly. I mean, you know, I, I can remember for the longest time, one of my deepest images of America was from the Blues Brothers. <laughs> incredible movie. Yeah, incredible movie, right? I mean, obviously I knew the car racing doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> but, you know, just the culture and... Um, uh, the way people talked, uh, I mean, that's a very extreme example. But when I actually did go to Chicago one time, I was very surprised to see that it wasn't that similar, you know. And we don't get so much of, of the everyday stuff. I mean, because overseas you see either it's movies or sitcoms, which really don't run true to life over here. And so when you do get here and you sort of get to know people, it's quite a a shock to see that, you know, not everyone lives like the Cosby family or <laughs> I forget what those other sitcoms are, but yeah. it's uh, so they've done such a good job at making it so generic and apple pie with their shows that you sort of don't overseas, you don't get that sense of all the true culture that it is here. Exactly. It's not that you don't see that it is a melting pot of everything. No. Yes. You really don't see that at all. I mean, nowadays, probably the last eight years, the movies have changed a lot and you are seeing a lot more of that. But, I mean, you know, the generations where I grew up, it was completely nothing like that at all. But I could say the same thing of Australia. I mean, most people don't understand how diverse the culture is in Australia as well. 
if you go to Melbourne, you've got every single country represented there. I mean, the best pizza I've ever had is in Melbourne. <laughs> and I've been to Italy. <laughs> yes. And ironically, there are more Greeks living as citizens in Australia than in the country of Greece. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's really, really strange to, you know, when you step back and you look at it, you think, wow, that's just so different. Like, in fact, I do know a lot more about the culture than I thought. I just hadn't treated it like that um, or even viewed it like that. It was just insane. In fact, so, I'll tell you what is, uh, just on a side note, mm -hmm. the best pizza, I've, to be honest, I ever really had was in Germany. <laughs> and the chef there was from Italy. And he told me the reason he moved to Germany is because the pay is better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in German, so, they have a lot more respect for those who decide to become specialists in their in their field. Yes, that that's very true. That's very true, and I guess that's also a reason why you're getting so many, you know, great chefs or industry people moving to other countries because the, the countries where they come from, where they're famous for it, just don't. Uh, what is the word? Have the, the money there to right, keep the, them there. The respect with the pay is yes. equal to the pay. Yes. 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 That's very, very, very out of skew here in the United States. Respect versus pay. Mm. Mm. Pay. Pay always tells the person you're doing a better job than respect. <laughs> yes. That that because is true. And that payment is ultimately the energy exchange for your specialist skill. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I know and, there are people out there that you know that love their McDonald's, but. There, there has been a home-cooked meal that compares like no other food that you've had. Or when you go to some of these gastronomical, you know, um, uh, restaurants where they, they can make ice cubes taste like, you know, liver, duck liver pate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the, the gastronomy department really has changed. <laughs> exactly. It, it has a whole new level. Speaking of that, what, what what were some of the gastronomical changes? I know that you you you, talk, you and I privately talked about you know all the kind of food differences between the United States and here. Mm. Yeah, I like mean, like when you first got here, you were surprised at how big the chickens were. Oh, absolutely in awe of them. I thought they were turkeys. You thought you they know, were turkeys. I, yeah, because you go to the supermarket and uh, sorry, you call it the grocery store, I think, and then you would. You know, buy some chicken breasts, just for, you know whether you're going to grill it or put it in a casserole. But they were so big, and I'd be like, you know, these must be turkey, but it says chicken. <laughs> How big was this chicken? I mean, you know, I have yet to see a photo of these chickens <laughs> that can have such big breasts. <laughs> because for me, they look like turkey breasts. They're just so big. Mm -hmm. um, and over in Asia, especially, the chickens that you can buy locally are very tiny. I mean, Asian people are, you know, very strange with a lot of their um, food senses and they like the skin and the bones. So they don't actually require a lot of meat on their chickens. They prefer them on the skinny side. Whereas, you know, people like you or I would look at it and think, this is just skin and bones. I've been ripped off. Where's my chicken? <laughs> and, you know, we used to make jokes about the chickens in China really have a tough time because they're always running away from getting chopped up. <laughs> so they're too fit. There's no time for any meat to go on them. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's 
but in England also, I notice that the chicken breasts are big. I mean, not nowhere near as big as the U.S., but they're still quite big. But over there, that in quite big writing, they say um, infused with water. So yes, it's quite obvious. With, yeah. yeah, I mean, not injected with water, infused with water. <laughs> yeah, so they make it look bigger, as well as the 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 chickens that are caged caged chickens where they never get to move at all. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly. the big growing difference, the techniques of growing. Yeah. And, the, you know, the food here in the U.S. just tastes amazing. I mean, you have the best vegetables ever. Absolutely amazing. No wonder, you know, all over the world the produce is imported because it just even a lettuce here is just the, the crispiness, the taste of it. it it's just awesome. And carrots, celery, I mean, it sounds so basic, but... The vegetables here are fantastic. Um, you know, of course, in the south, the fried food is absolutely amazing. Uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you can only eat so much. <laughs> you can only eat so many giant chickens before you've had enough chicken. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, my stomach says, yeah, 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 more, more. But, you know, the system is, is just not used to this so much different kind of food um, and a lot of the chicken here I've realized it cannot be purely natural I mean even if it says organic you have to look for all this other stuff as well that's in it you know and there's a lot of small print I've got to bring my specs with me to just look at all the stuff written on the packages because it's so small I can't even and half of it I don't even know what it is <laughs> alright everyone that is our break we'll be back in about four minutes and continue in the show and we'll see what we can do about cleaning up the, the issues with the calls alright everyone we'll be back after the break Listen in on Mondays, 8 Eastern Time on Revolution Radio for Journeys with JP. With a variety of guests, each giving their perspective on their journey into the now. Join me and my guests, Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern on Revolution Radio Studio B.
Many of you know that quote by Jack Nicholson and a few good men. You can't handle the truth. Well, you can, and Event Horizons will give you those truths. When you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable scene in Network, you'll know just what to do. We will draw you in and become your news addiction at Event Horizons. Join us Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time at freedomslips.com at Revolution Radio. Our world team members are Dennis Fetcho, John Ilias, David Dunger, Hila Cass, MD, Melanie Richton, Jim Mars, Paula Harris, John Trallo, Maria Payan, Christopher Husser, DODDS, Jonathan Orchard, and me, your anchor, Dr. Robin Falco. not to volunteer it will not be held against you in any way sounds dangerous it is very dangerous count me in that's right here revolution radio freedomslips.com where information never sleeps what the year will remain a dictatorship or oh, be quiet why are you guys so anti-dictators Imagine if America was a dictatorship. You could let 1% of the people have all the nation's wealth. You could help your rich friends get richer by cutting their taxes and bailing them out when they gamble and lose. You could ignore the needs of the poor for healthcare and education. Your media would appear free but would secretly be controlled by one person and his family. You could wiretap phones. You could torture foreign prisoners. You could have rigged elections. You could lie about why you go to war. You could fill your prisons with one particular racial group and no one would complain. You could use the media to scare the people into supporting policies that are against their interests. Tune in Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time for Liberation Nation with Deacon John, where America comes to hear the truth. I know this is hard for you Americans to imagine, but please try. Is your data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over 3 gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a mega virus or a computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records, addresses, phone numbers? Well, squeeze on over to freedomslips.com. Yes, that's www.freedomslips.com. Click the banner on the homepage for the EMP-proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer. So, folks, keep your data safe for your peace of mind. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. Enjoy your... 
Give me no fries. I got an empty box. Would you like another? Extra big-ass fries. I said I didn't get any. Thank you. Your account has been charged. Your balance is zero. Please what? come back when you can afford oh, to make no, a purchase. No. I'm sorry you have trouble. Come on. I'm My sorry kids are starving. Thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we believe in freedom of ideas, freedom of speech, but above all, we believe in freedom of existence through self-reliance. This station is 100% listener-supported, and as a fundraising promotion, I have a kick-ass free gift for a $100 donation. 35,000 seeds. 25 years in the freezer. Long-term storable, 54 different varieties. So if food prices go crazy... The shit hits the fan, or if you just want to save tons of money every year by creating your own food like I do, grab our seed pack special. Just look for the banner on the homepage at freedomslips.com. Don't be a statistic. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. We need as humans to start taking care of ourselves and not depending on the megacorps to provide unhealthy, nasty food. Included in this package is also a DVD with 900 survival and off-grid living documents and the offline home canning how to do everything website all on the DVD. So when you're growing all that food, you know how to can it, store it, preserve it, etc. with all these documents. So thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. I hope that you will pick up this package and start learning to be free. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps and freedom is one seed that needs to be planted. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Welcome back, everyone. We are going to take calls. So if you do want to call in, we are going to call this, try this number for this week, 956-217-0261. And if the technology is working today, we'll continue to take calls. If not, we'll be talking about fire ceremonies. All right, Laura Lee, let's, let's put up the first one. And the wheel of callers. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Who is the next contestant? Jose, are you there? Yeah, hello, I'm here. How are you doing? Your name, you're, I'm sorry, your name is Jose. Where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm calling from Chile. I called like uh, three months ago, November or something. Very, um, very I'm good. I'm the guy with the red head and the bottle of rum. Ah, <laughs> I remember you. <laughs> you were yeah, one of our first shows. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what did you want to talk about today? So, I wanted to ask two things. Uh, what is my a brief galactic history background, and what skill should I be using from the past today to work or make money or stuff like that? 
Okay, so I'll do the brief galactic history, and then I'll have Kathy come into doing doing the money. So first thing dealing with your galactic history, you have two strains of off-world perceptions. One is a Pleiadian, but not from the Pleiadian homeworld, from another world called Altishora. And it's a Pleiadian seeded world that has Orions and Syrians that were seeded in their North Pole expression also to come to a resolution of a philosophical battle that had existed in different expressions of collectives. And then your other, your other version of yourself is clearly Octarian, which is the musical side of you, the individual being who's trying to use the enumeration and quantum, quantum, the number of our reality. <laughs> ah, I remember you. Four one three. You need to turn off your radio. You're you know, going to have to hang show. up on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what did you want to talk about today? So, can you hang up on four one three? They cannot. Okay. Um, that, there we go. Sorry about okay. that. So, anyone that is calling in, you have to turn off your radios. There is an absolute delay here. We cannot allow the, the interruptions. So, as I was saying, your other side is Arcturian, purely musical. Um, musical is part of the process of enumerating our world, giving numbers to everything. And once we understand 1 plus 1 equals 2, 2 plus 2 is 4, we can follow the logical patterns of using music as part of our inter-co-creational experience with what's in the blue spectrum. And that is what the Arcturians are about. So, your main physical talent this lifetime is manifesting energy in the blue ray, be it through music co-creation with food or other things that takes the learning of the enumeration process so that the infinite energy can be a part of the expression of, of your creating. Okay. So, so how do I imbue things with this Blu-ray? Um, that is the understanding. That is the combination of throat, third eye, and heart. That is everything encompassed in the indigo, violet, and purple spectrums. So at the highest layers of your crown chakra are concepts and ideas that work with a collective of beings, meaning things that are not physical form that have brainstorming events that you, the I am presence, is a part of, and you're a co-creator in it. And then after a while, the collective process ends, and you are there left to contemplate what is in that. That goes from the violet to the indigo of the third eye in the creation, and the next part is the speaking of it out loud to actually make it manifest in this world. That can also go through the process of guitaring, drumming, making food, etc., etc. So it is that process of staying in that blue spectrum, like when you're looking at the rainbow and how the different colors are, have different ribbons in them. Anything in that blue spectrum where you're co-creating with a collective, of, uh, even if it's a musical muse or a, an inspiration about you know, writing a book, etc., you are functioning in that mental plane connected with the heart. Okay. Great. Great. You know, when it comes when it comes to business, I want to bring Kathy in. Go ahead, Kathy. Okay. Hi, Zay. What is it that you're interested to know? So last time you uh, I called you, uh, you told me things will start popping up in January, February, and um, it's been kind of a a long time waiting, and been through hard times uh, financially as well. So. I, I don't know like what I should be doing. Like uh, I have so many interests, but I don't know what I, will, I could profit off. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know what you see right now. Cause, uh, so, do you mean that uh, in terms of the short term, how can you muster up some money? Is is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Like like like, um, I came to this town in the south of Chile to settle down because uh, I've been traveling quite a while. A while. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, been challenging to get uh, any job. I'm an I'm a uh, industrial engineer, mm -hmm. and um, 
uh, I don't know, like uh, there's not too many jobs like that around here, but uh, maybe I should be working through with something else. Okay, I see what you mean. Well, when I look at your energy, I would say I, I still do think that you have a big opportunity coming your way very soon. So okay. we're in the what are we on the 18th of January now, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, I would say these two months you will find that whatever you're doing to look for work or look for opportunity, just stick with that at the moment. Just I know it's difficult, but sometimes okay. you just have to just stick with it a bit. But in terms of if you need to muster up some money at the moment, I would say there are some opportunities around you that are a short-term thing, not your type of thing, to be honest. You'd find it kind of mundane or boring, but you, okay. it could provide that little bit of pocket money that you're looking for. It would involve a lot of writing, though. Um, and, writing? And you, yeah, and I would look at look for those kind of opportunities in something that's written, so like newspaper, magazines, um, internet, job posting, but don't look for what you're looking for. Look for something what, that you would consider mundane, but easy. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, okay. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it'd be a short-term gig for you, and whether they know you're going to be short-term or not is irrelevant because you wouldn't be there long enough to foster a deep relationship w with them. Okay, um, okay. And it was something that gives you cash quick. Mm. You know, mm. seriously, you're going to find it a bit uh, boring. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. If you've got some money in your pocket, it doesn't matter about boring, right? You don't have to do it all day, yeah, every day. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but so I would so still... That, uh, Sorry, go on. The big break is coming. Sorry. Yes, I, I would still be confident in just pursuing it however you're pursuing it. I think you're on the right path. It's just a question of timing, but you're not far away now. So that opportunity is going to be there. Don't worry about that. But just in the short term, look for something mundane. And that will take okay. care of that everyday stress that you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I also see that you've got a big celebration coming up in your family this year. So there's going to be uh, what I would call an auspicious occasion in your family. And that usually means there's a marriage, a birth, um, engagement, yeah, yeah. good news. Um, and okay. it's very positive. So it's actually something... Very exciting for you to look forward to. Nice, nice, great. That'll do good for my family. Yeah. <laughs> Infuse <laughs> some joy. <laughs> okay. So I have one more little thing to put in. On this process of, of the, 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 the different changes that are coming, it's important that you start putting in your own perspective via prayer when it comes to the type of job that you want to have. Um, so this is a time where you, you use the contract revocation in its opposite form, where you're invoking energy, you're bringing energy to you. So what I can suggest for you to do is to take an object like you were doing if the example, the four corners of your bed. Instead yep. of the four corners of your bed, you're going to do your front door. So one in front of your door and one on the inside and one on the outside. And what this is going to do is to bring more of your prayers to the front door, the servicing light beings that are working in your general area to bring to your one degree of separation more chance at synchronization. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I've you been pay, doing the, 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 the soups and everything, you know? Yes, yes, I, I can tell. This is just the next level where you're encouraging synchronization to come to your front door. <laughs> okay. It's, called, it's like paying it forward, but you're, you're literally doing this as a practice to become more synchronized with synchronization. Okay, great, great. So, so I pray to this 
like objects and I charge them or something? Yes, I, you, you empower okay. them with your good intents, your place of protection, okay. the types of skills that you have. It's not just reading your resume. I mean, you can use that as part of the process. <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying the type of people that you want to work uh, work with, that they have a home okay. life that is valuable to them so that they bring good energy to work. I mean, there are people that you know have crappy home lives and become horrible bosses. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. So those yeah. are the okay. types of perceptions you want to put into these objects in front of your door, and in the inside and the outside of your door. And then the next thing to do is, believe it or not, is to take a, a dollar bill, a peso, whatever it is that you have, even a coin, okay. and yeah. put it into the fire once a month. Okay? Okay, into a, like a sacred fire? Yes, into a sacred fire and begin to define what that piece means to you. It can buy me this. It can do this for me, but it cannot do this for me. Because this oh, is just an object of representation of value. True values oh, yeah. by the heart. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. Like an amazing thing to do. I'll surely so, do it. So do you have any other questions you want to ask? One short one. Um, there's this pain in my chest area which I've been you know I broke up with a girlfriend like two months ago and I'm having this all this abandonment stuff come up and just like pain after pain after pain and I think I've been working with the mantids or something that they've been helping me remove this pain is there something more efficient I think this is like to do with psychic and uh, you know vomit for my parents fighting all day when I was young you know yeah I, I, I encountered that myself so so you've heard me do these repeat after me sessions okay yes yeah, sure So, so just say, I in the ever-present moment. I in this ever-present moment. Choose to acknowledge. Choose to acknowledge. I experienced verbal vomit. I experienced verbal vomit. From a very young source of age. From a very young source of age. Up until the time of now. Up until the time of now. Everything that is falling under the label of verbal vomit... Everything that is falling under the label of verbal vomit. I expel from my energy field. I expel from my energy field. And transmute it. And transmute it. Into creation, inspiration, and dreams. Into creation, inspiration, and dreams. I break all contracts, vows, and agreements. I break all contracts, vows, and agreements. That says I will house, hold, or store. That says that I will house, hold, or store. Somebody else's energy. Somebody else's energy. So they can do their good work. So they, they can do their good work. Correct. When I allow other people's energy in my field. When I allow other people's energy in my field. I cannot do my own good work. I cannot do my own good work. So every piece of verbal vomit I've heard. So every piece of verbal vomit that I've heard. Has no resonation in this soul frequency. Has no resonation on this soul frequency. I am a no longer a match for drama. I'm no longer a match for drama. I take the universal law of signature frequencies. I take the universal law of signature frequencies. Of like energy, attracting like energy. Of like energy, attracting like energy. Employ and now employ it. And now employ it. In every aspect of my being.
in every aspect of my being. Hello? Was like was that it? No, in every aspect of my being. In every aspect of my being. For the express express purpose. For the express purpose. Of quantum disentanglement. Of quantum disentanglement. From the former moments of time. For the former moments of time? Yeah, former moments of time. Former moments of time. In which I was emblazoned. In which I was emblazoned. And laden down. And laden down. With energy that isn't mine. With energy that isn't mine. All that has been converted. All that has been converted. In this expression. In this expression. Returns to those who sent it. Returns to those. Who sent it. As creation. As creation, inspiration, and dreams. As creation, inspiration, and dreams. And so be it. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, we got to move on to the next caller. Jose, thank you for calling. And we want to remind <laughs> no, everyone, if, if you've called in in the last week, we, we do want everyone to wait one month before they call in. Jose did kindly waited three months before he called in. There are a tremendous amount of people that are trying to call in. The call volume is very high. So if you've called in in the last month, please wait another month to call in. So our first call, our next caller we're going to take on is 785. Are you there? Yep. Your name and where you're calling from? Eric from Kansas. Eric from Kansas. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Kathy. How are you guys doing? Doing very good. What kind of questions do you want to ask today? Well, just generally, um, I felt really confused lately. Um, I listen to a lot of these reading shows, and it kind of makes me feel like a spiritual hypochondriac. I don't know which of the things that jump out to me you know, are, are pertinent to me and, and what are just sort of distractions. So I'm wondering if um, just to kind of get your perspective on me. Well, first thing first is hypochondria means you believe in everything you hear, and then you take on the energy. And the reason I do these reading shows is to help people understand there is a common thing. There is a common thing among callers, and then there's the uncommon thing, and then there's the very rare theme. And this is a form of chaos, the way that we are doing the calls, and it is by intention. I have been doing these call-in shows for quite a few years now, um, and they bring the unique perspectives in front of me as well as Kathy. And there are times that the first reading and the last reading and everything in between tells a story. And that is one of the reasons there has been a big following amongst the people that come to the reading shows because the story is ultimately about our galactic history as well as our individuated history throughout time. And one of the special things that I do and the special things that Kathy does allows us to break down labels so that we can once again redefine our labels. So what I would recommend for you as an individual person that's seeing this spiritual hypochondria scenario is to go to um, the YouTube channel Galactic Historian and look for the last GN update, GNN of Galactic News Network update that says Backwards Bicycle. And it is a, a, a teaching about how science and spirituality meet in the same perspective about having to unlearn the old way. So one of the things that I do here is I constantly am telling people about new tools to keep in their toolbox. There are some tools that work for some people and other tools that 
don't work for other people. You have to be able to synchronize what you're doing with yourself along with your own spiritual recording of your process. So do you journal? Do you keep a, a, a hard journal? No, I don't. And that is probably the reason why you find yourself in spiritual hypochondria a lot because you don't have a thing to look back on that shows the linear timeline you, your infinite growth process. I tell everyone out there, no matter what you are, if you're the greatest swami or the lowest person, if you are not journaling, you're faking it. And that's a harsh truth many people will have to go go to. Journaling about your processing so you can have hindsight in the moment. Because when we cannot apply hindsight to our learning processes, we cannot grow beyond who we are. I'd like to bring Kathy in for her, her perspective on this because she's been doing readings for 20 years and we both see this common pattern come through. Yes, I have to say I really agree with what you said. To me, a lot of confusion is because it's very difficult for you to collect your thoughts. Um, there's just so much bombarding you that you you feel like you're in a, like you know one of those madhouses that things just pop up like Cirque du Soleil. You know you can't focus on one thing. They're all just everywhere, and they keep distracting you. and And that is a, a very challenging thing for someone to face because you feel unbalanced and unsettled because you just can't ground yourself and focus on one or two things. In many ways, maybe you need to cut things up to be a bit more simple. Um, I think journaling is an excellent idea because it helps you keep track of what you're up to, your thought processes, and the ideas that come to you. Also, you take your day-to-day things and you cut them up, whether you know, you're spending one hour thinking about all your alternative healing, uh, another hour, a different day, thinking about um, techniques to improve yourself, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I'm just making those topics up. But the more order you can bring to your thoughts, the more organized you will find that your thought process becomes. And it's not because you've become super good at writing things down. It's because you've become super good at organizing your thoughts in a, a good span of time that your brain can react to rather than have the overload and then have this disarray of thoughts all crowding up in your head. Does that make sense for you? Totally. Um, And the important thing really about all of that is that you have to be grounded. I mean, I look at your energy and to me it looks like, you know, you're like a helium balloon. You're up there, you're bopping away, and it's it's great, you're getting all this info, this, you know, knowledge, but if you can't ground yourself, it's all just hot air up there. You can't actualize it into anything until you have your own grounding. Um, and one of the things Andrew talks a lot about is the spiritual hygiene. And I think for you right now, this is another important thing. Because you're not grounded, you just anything that's coming into your field, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll take that, I'll take that. And half of the stuff that's mixing you up isn't yours, doesn't belong to you. So when you become more grounded, you will then find that you have that spiritual hygiene will start. Exactly. Once that, once that ground in the spiritual hygiene can take over. And something else, you know, people that have listened to me and Kathy for some time now understand that both of us are connecting to a, a very intense source of information. For those that have seen the Galactic History series, I go very, very deep. 
and you're one of those people that needs the deep energy. But if you're not chronicling the deep energy and the types of waves that it makes into you, it will ultimately make no sense. And it'll confuse you more. You understand that? Definitely. So when is the last time you've gone through a process where you were a writer, where you wrote things down? All right, that is our break news. The caller, hold, Eric, hold on there. And when we come back, we'll take, we'll finish up our call with you. Hold on. machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus o deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator. Every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener-supported alternative media radio on the planet. Enjoy your extra big-ass fries. You didn't give me no fries. I got an empty box. Would you like another extra big-ass fries? I said I didn't get any. Thank you. Your account has been charged. Your balance is zero. Please what? come back when you can afford oh, to make no, a purchase. No. I'm sorry you had trouble. Come on. Trouble. My kids are starving. Thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we believe in freedom of ideas, freedom of speech, but above all, we believe in freedom of existence through self-reliance. This station is 100% listener-supported, and as a fundraising promotion, I have a kick-ass free gift for a $100 donation. 35,000 seeds. 25 years in the freezer. Long-term storable, 54 different varieties. So if food prices go crazy, the shit hits the fan, or if you just want to save tons of money every year by creating your own food like I do, grab our seed pack special. Just look for the banner on the homepage at freedomslips.com. Don't be a statistic. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. We need to ask humans to start taking care of ourselves and not depending on the megacorps. 
to provide unhealthy, nasty food. Included in this package is also a DVD with 900 survival and off-grid living documents and the offline home canning how to do everything website all on the DVD. So when you're growing all that food, you know how to can it, store it, preserve it, etc. with all these documents. So thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. I hope that you will pick up this package and start learning to be free. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps and freedom is one seed that needs to be planted. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. And welcome back, everyone. Eric, are you still there? Yes, I am. So one of the other things that comes up is the density of information. And each caller has a different density or a different lightness to them. And you're one of those people that you probably connect to the shows that are more of the galactic history origin. Is that true? Uh, As opposed to? Just reading shows. Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, I really like the reading shows. I definitely identify very strongly with at least one point you make um, with each caller, and it, it, it is like you're talking to me. Like, it's it just, you know, it's like... A, and that is like by intention. Right. That is by intention. I mean, what I'm doing when I'm connecting to the Akashic Record is the unique perspective of me existing in mm, a collective of collective information that is in every atom and every cell of this world and at a very young age I had something happen to me that made my stream of information from a normal human size to something that is extraordinary it's what allows me to simply connect into the information without being a channel so there's a big difference I'm experiencing I'm using the power of my brain and my heart but there are times that where a very intense information comes out and you're one of those particular people that's on the fence about the intenseness of certain information. You are, with your intellect, searching through every caller for something that applies to you because the nature of the message is still universal. Does that make sense? Totally. So what I would like for you to do is maybe spend a little bit more time actually going back to maybe Galactic History 1 or 2 and trying to make the difference in, in the way I'm speaking there to the way I'm speaking in these calls and understand that each time I make a broadcast, whether, whether it's with a co-host or by myself or it's on any subject, it doesn't matter, there is a frequency set forth in, that is going into the collective and then that's going into an archive that is spread throughout all time. That is my perspective. And when you allow that perspective to have some form of, let's just say, label to your perspective, you realize there's different scales to healing. And one of the scales of healing you're looking for is how to do it in the now. Right? Right. Absolutely. 
You want to do it in the now. And for you to do it in the now, that means you have to physically manifest. Every action that you co-create something manifest in this world makes it go faster for you. So when you start journaling and allowing hindsight to be a process, you will get foresight where you will be journaling and you will foresee yourself writing the next journal of change. And then you only get that through experience. So everyone out there, if you're not journaling your spiritual progression, you're faking it. And that's a harsh word to take in. Please journal. Eric, you have been a fabulous caller. You have changed and given me a perspective of presentation because people don't ask, ask about the shows and how they can instill other perspectives. I hope that this has helped you. Can I ask one more question real quick? Sure. Just about... Um my last relationship, I'm wondering what the significance of that was, what sort of agreements we had or still have or completed, and um, what sort of a relationship there might be going forward. Your last relationship before you started journaling, that was its significance. Because you could have kept that relationship had you been journaling. Because you would have noticed her patterns, and her patterns would have been mentioned in your journal, and you would have foreseen things coming much earlier. That's what she represents now, the last girlfriend before you started true journaling about your life so that you could have 100% foresight because that's your special gift this lifetime. Wow. You think what I do is good, wait till you get to do what you do. You're going to make me look like a hot dog salesman. <laughs> I'm serious. And I cannot wait for that time that I'm the hot dog salesman. I have my, my new, my, my, I've been saying this since the beginning I've come out. We're on the pathway to create one billion healers. That's my goal. So is journaling the, the single number one thing that I can do to help bring my energy into the now and complete that yes. heal healer's path and really step into what I'm going to do here in yes. this next phase? Yes. Yes, because you will be channeling yourself eventually once you get good at truly honestly honestly journaling with all of yourself here allowing the angry parts to talk into the journal and then allow the universal parts to forgive your angry parts allow it to be what it is and self-evolve awesome. and that's a teaching for everyone out there journaling, journaling. Yep. you're a great teacher Eric you have you believe it or not for what you have presented in this moment it is it is now going through time right now. As I said, I perceive everything as a frequency and color of time. This particular session is now being viewed by thousands and thousands and thousands of others. By the end of this week, 20 or 50,000 people will have heard your call and are going to be saying, am I faking it by not journaling it? And then trying. Of how many percentage of those 50,000 are going to try? And that's the potential that you've just changed by asking that question. And by being an audience member who said your authentic truth when you called in. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. Well, Eric, you, you start that journal, and I'm telling you, I'm going to be the hot dog salesman when you put your full force into it. <laughs> and I want that. Awesome. awesome. All right, brother, you take it easy and have a really good day. You so too. Our, Both you guys. Love you, too. Our next caller is going to be 353, your name and where you're calling from. Is that me? 
353. That is you. Your name and where you're calling from? Um, it's Michelle from, from Ireland. Michelle from Ireland. How are you doing today? What kind of questions do you want to ask? Oh, oh, my God. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for all your help with everybody for humanity. And uh, my question is where I live at the minute. I'm wondering if there a womb chakra near where I live. It's the west what? coast of Ireland, Kerry, Ballyferger. Okay, just one second. There is a womb chakra there, um, but right now it has got a number of churches that are, let's just say, capping some energy on it, and yes. it will be a long time before that womb chakra energy opens to a significance, though you can right. still work with it. What you have okay. to do is identify the main churches that are, are, are blocking its energy and go and do some form of anti-sacred geometry ritual there, which is very, very simple. It would involve some of your urine, some sage, and some lemons um, okay. all combined into one little drink squeezed up. And you just walk by there and say, I am now using the sacred geometry energy to connect to the womb chakra. Anything that's programmed directly above it was related with this false sacred geometry grid that is infested with light energy um, is yeah. now separate of your actions. And you will have to regularly upkeep that if you're intending to begin to do ritual work with the womb chakra. Okay. Because I make organized. I have been placing it around uh, different sacred places like holy wells. Those, that's wonderful. Um, what kind of organite are you making? Um, I just have a workshop in my shed. I'm making it with fiberglass resin, but I have made some with the beeswax as well. And, and um, what have you noticed the difference between the beeswax and the fiberglass? Oh, it's a huge difference. Uh, I'm yeah. trying to source some beeswax locally because it's such a beautiful thing to have it in beeswax compared to the plastics. Yes, but, it's a it is a total living entity. Yes. So what yeah. I can what I can suggest for you to do is um, find something that's in the candle size where you can um, make something in candle tubes, and then you can make the beeswax ones that are stacked. Um, that that can be a little bit more effective if you're going to be doing sacred geometry works. Instead of making bricks that have lots and tons of crystals which drive the price up, you can have right. more filler in there, which is plant material. Okay. So it's like a fat candle. Well, and so you can put more material in it and less wax. And then you can layer sage, light levels of crystal, and all sorts of other things. And those will act as energy batteries as well as energy filters. Yes. Well, I'm lucky that quartz crystal actually washes up on the beach here. And so does red jasper. Beautiful. So oh, it's even better. You got that ocean energy mixing with that beeswax. Yeah. Gorgeous. Sourcing it locally. Um, the reason I asked about that question is because I heard Star Wars will come in here next year to film, and they have been on Skellig Michael doing filming last year, and I just wondered, was there a reason? I mean, I know it's a, an energy point where they're going Shabelle like, uh, Head, it's called. Mm -hmm. um, and I was wondering about helping to clear the land after they've been there, being the master magicians that they are, they're surely pulling on the energy there. Yes, but you must understand they're making a broadcast through time. Just like in the last caller was talking about, about the, the different show frequencies, what you're seeing is something that's bringing a, a, an entire event there. And that yeah. event is connected to many other filming locations. So if you're going to Trump to, let's say, just remove those energies, you have to realize it's not your place to do that. Okay. Second part is... 
a place that is the, the person's place that is to do that or would be the guide beings. And if you are going to take any type of sacred objects there, it is no intention of changing that area, but assisting it with energy so it can do it on its own. That place okay. did volunteer to have those people there and all the esoteric concepts that come with it, as well as the belief of every person that's going to see the movie and for every person that's ever seen, seen or read a Star Wars movie or book. Right. Okay. So that land that. is blessed with the energies of the now, which comes with everyone's daily problems. Yes. Okay. okay. Perfect. Um, and one more question um, about my neck. I had neck issues for a couple of years on the right side, dystonia. Okay. I want to bring Kathy in here to do a little, little medical intuitive with you. Mm -hmm. mm. When I look at the energy around your neck, I'd say it's almost to me it seems like it's related to like a nerve that goes down your arm um, so if it's on to me it looks like you've got something that comes from um, underneath the ear all the way down goes down like the back of your arm into your elbow uh, it looks like a what I would call something that's a bit out of place not exactly strained but out of place I would probably recommend, apart from having, you know, like the warm Epsom salt bath, is that you try and see if you can get some cranial sacral work done on it. Um, yeah, okay. Is there someone around that, in your yeah. area that can do that? Yeah, I'm just bringing my son to one, actually. All right. Well, maybe you should make a double appointment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because to me, it's like you've got a lot of stuff that's trapped in there, and having some work done on the myofascial all there will make a big difference and not only in the relief that you feel but just once you've had it done and whatever it is that is trapped in there is released you'll feel like your your head and your mind feel lighter yes okay brilliant because they're giving me botox injections for it very little every five months but i i, I feel like i don't need them anymore I would try a couple of sessions with the cranial person because okay. just, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You have a couple yeah, of sessions, you will see how, how much more free and how the pain is reduced. Um, and that will be all that you need to know. Okay, brilliant. So is there any yeah, other kind of questions you want to ask? Um. Maybe you could do just a quick stream read from my origin. All right, just a second. Let me tune in here. What year were you born? 1970. All right, so the last lifetime you lived, you were in a, a crowd of people. This is really, really, really important to you, this individual soul a crowd of people and there was an explosion. Yeah. It was in a marketplace in France and it was a bomb and it was some kind of terrorist scenario. Yeah. And when you died, ironically, you were a victim, you were an 11 year old girl and you were also the person that did the suicide vest. Okay. Have you ever heard me term, use the term a zealot humanitarian? A zealot? No. Zealot humanitarian. Oh, zealot humanitarian, yes. Okay. 
And what that is is a soul who's so into polarity that they had to do something in extremes of polarity so that they can see they needed extreme change. Okay. Um, so you were born in 1970, but in 1967 you were a part of a, a, a dramatic action to change yourself, to get yourself out of extreme polarities so that you could come back into this next lifetime that you were born into to just a few years later and you could become um, an energy grid worker, a nexus worker, so you could step above the fray of the cultural in exchange of factions and wars, become a faction of the self dedicated to the self, also up in part with synchronization to the planet Earth and the, and the galactic mind that's functioning here simultaneously. Um, you knew you needed that type of lifetime, and it had been many, many dozens of lifetimes since you were able to manifest that. The last time you were in not a reincarnation cycle would have been in about 1645 um, to about 1710, and that's where you would have been a ship captain um, leaving Leeds, England, um, and going to Bonn, Germany, ultimately. Um, you would escort military cargo, but you were doing your own esoteric practices separate of whatever the factions that were there doing. And you were converting the energy of military items so that when they ultimately went to their final resting place before they were used for war, they would have some form of mechanical failure put into them by magic. Okay. And then you got caught at that, and that's why you got put into reincarnation. You got caught, the gremlin, you know, the person putting the cog in the wheel. Yeah. Because there were certain battles that were fixed, where I know somebody was going to lose something, and you were a battle fixer. Okay. Which resulted in tens of thousands or millions of deaths. So okay. this lifetime is to step above the cultural scenarios to work with the bigger individual perspective of the self that's going to ultimately do ceremonies that assist the world as your own individual perspective. And when you begin to work with people, you're going to discover that you are far more advanced than them and you are going to have a tough time not taking on students. But ultimately you will. And the only thing that will instill failure in you is doubting yourself, doubting what the rituals are doing. And that's your, okay. your biggest teaching to those that want to be students of what you do is how to let go of doubt and be in trust and faith of the I am presence working through the source self. Okay. Mm. Very interesting. Brilliant. <laughs> well, you've given me a lot to think about there. You're welcome, darling. You have a really good day. We're going to move on to our last caller. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Right, have a good bye one. now. Bye. Yep. Bye. bye. Four seven nine. Are you there? Yes. Yes, I'm here. Your name and where you're calling from? Hi, it's Sandy. I'm calling from Oklahoma. Sandy from Oklahoma. What kind of questions do you want to ask today? Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Well, I've been working on the elections here in the Arkansas area for the for for Sanders, and um, there's a lot of. Um, secretive kind of energy here, a lot of underhanded, you know, politics and all that. And when you said, if people would just speak the truth, um, you know, things are different. And I'm finding, like, the rural people here in Arkansas, they want the truth. They can speak the truth. It's just like that political machine just makes it so hard. And it's so convoluted. And it's kind of, you know, there's, like, secret societies. And I think there's some weirdness, real seriousness. 
you know. So anyway, um, you probably know what I'm talking about. And they're building a drone base really near here that those drone operators are going to be patrolling the whole planet. And they're making that base here in this area. So I know there's like some underhanded um, political shenanigans going on constantly. So do you have any advice? Don't worry about it. Okay. That's my advice. When it comes to people speaking their authentic truth, if they're going to speak it, they're going to speak it without doubt in their voice. So for okay. you, when it comes to understanding the energies that are working on your individual area, if you have fear, you're going to empower the esoteric concepts that put Big Brother in our door on everyone's doorstep. It is okay. the spell that was put over our people in the 50s, 60s, and 70s that ultimately allows Big Brother to exist. So you go at the root of the spell, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and you won't have to deal with the fear projected if, there, if there's drones flying over your head because ultimately okay. they'll have no true power over you, especially when the authentic selves begin to gather in truth and perpetuity. Okay. So how do we make sure we're doing our, well, how do I make sure I'm doing my authentic self so that I am projecting? Oh, by the way, I make Organite too, and I'm trying to teach people here about it and everything too. Okay, and so I'll getting to your authentic self, every time you make a piece of Organite, you are, you are instilling a piece of your authentic self by taking a crystalline community and putting it together to do a higher spiritual purpose, which is to do Organite, is to cleanse room or whatever it is that you're using it for. Okay. That's your authentic self speaking right there. So how can I assist you and your authentic self? By reminding you to journal your experience, to allow hindsight and foresight to simultaneously exist as you are experiencing the now. What I can tell you to do for authentic self is learn to some do some form of music that forces self-expression, just like you know the groundings that teach comedy. You have to put yourself on the spot at times. You must be willing to self-test with no judgment behind it. Because ultimately, being connected to source is a flick. It doesn't require some long, evolved process of building up energy to connect to send words to source and then spend six weeks later contemplating it. Source is on, off, on, off at will and choice. And the spiritual muscles to do that come from journaling our experience come from doing rituals, come from making organite. You know, why why did you make your first piece? What what was the what made you want to do it? Oh <laughs> that was a year that was a couple of years ago. <laughs> I'm not sure. I I don't know. Oh, because I um oh I, I don't know. I, you, you know that's a good thing because I didn't journal it, so I can't remember right now. Okay. Do you so, like doing I, it? I, Oh, I love. It's one of my yeah. favorite things to do. To get, oh, and the other thing is we have Arkansas quartz crystals here. We have a really huge deposit of quartz crystals on the planet right here. So I feel like it's a, you know, it's a natural resource to share with the world. It is. I get some of my most amazing pieces of smoky quartz from Arkansas. Yeah, and, it's uh, the most right. intense. And my family is all from here, like, since the early 1800s. I have most sides of my church. And so all my ancestors are here. And I, every time I've visited um, cemeteries and things, you know, I try to communicate, you know, and tell what happened in, in the history. So the more I got involved in the history here, the more, you know, um, I got 
like there's got to be something done because my ancestors didn't come here to be farmers to wind up with this big giant mess. No land and industrial life farming and everybody just kind of food insecurities. I mean, it's just children in poverty. It's awful. I mean, this place is strange in the way people behave. That's that's such a good expression. So something you should know about the Arkansas area, it was a land of shapeshifters before white man came in here. It was the last vestige on earth where um, the crow and the Blackfoot and their final processes of, of, of going west to try to get away what was going on in the east. Um, many of their traditions crossed over and we, we have this very powerful shapeshifting crow Corvus society. And that is one of the reasons why the military heavily exists all throughout that area, shape-shifting technology with inside the DNA skin suits. And something that I'd like you to think about is there are beings out there that are born as a frog and one day realize they're not a frog anymore and that they're a crow or they're a dog and then every couple of weeks there's something else. I would like for you to begin to make an ancestral soup that is just something that is giving energy in this pay-it-forward scenario with the intent that any shape-shifting species that is looking for a, uh, an, an energy of respite, that this is offered freely to them and pour it on the roots of the trees and give the trees instructions that this energy goes to those shape-shifting beings that are being hunted right now so that they have their own private time, their own energy and nourishment direct from your soup pot into their soul. How do I, where do I get the recipe for this? It's, it's, it's bullion cubes and prayer. Beef bullion, chicken, whatever bullion cubes you want and five, six quarts of water. And you sit down next to the burner and you put your prayers into it. Just as if you were same prayers you would give to your child. Okay. Because okay. that is your authentic self saying, if there is a being in need, I'm now giving you my protection, my love my choice that you should freely exist in the world that says do no harm to any sentient kind that reaffirms to the ancestors your dedication okay okay great because i really want to respond to you know i mean all this empire building stuff is just gotta stop yeah that's why you start feeding the animals with your energy because they are also part of our incarnating species. They are a part of our change now, too. All right, that is our music. That is the end of the show, everyone. This was a really incredible show. Thank you for calling, and everyone, next week we'll be taking callers again. A reminder, if you called in this last week, please wait one month before you call in. There's a lot of people that are trying to get through. Thanks a lot, everyone. The original machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. 
The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic Marzal vanes, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal Lotus O deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator. Every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener-supported alternative media radio on the planet. Join us here on Revolution Radio, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern on Studio B. For a politician, patriot, social savant, businessman, former investment banker, and Veterans Today columnist, Mike Harris. Listen to Mike as he exposes the corruption, sedition, and terrorism within our own government. He knows our system is flawed and that obstruction of justice is all too commonplace. His show, Short End of the Stick, pokes at this corruption with eloquent style. That's Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Studio B, for the Short End of the Stick, with the man who should have been elected governor of Arizona, Mike Harris. That's right here on Revolution Radio.